you can believe it, we are 43 days away from kickoff. It seems like today that's never going to come, but we're inching closer and closer. We are continuing our schedule preview series. We've moved through non-conference. We're now into the fourth conference game we had uh, i say we kyle bailed out on me last week but we had uh, i was able to have kamiar from the crimson and cream machine on last week to talk some oh you had a great talk with him you can check us out uh, him and i not kyle and i because again kyle bailed on me last week because uh, he was across the pond like a jerk but this week another one of our favorites again the big 12 media group is just an incredible group of humans that i enjoy being around so we've got the man himself, Levi Stevenson of Wide Right, Natty Light, and all of the Wide Right subsidiaries on with us to talk some Iowa State football. Man, Levi, how you doing? Wide Right subsidiaries. <laughs> uh, I'm good. It's been it's been a long uh, been a long summer so far. A long, hot, terrible summer. Yeah. Yep. Can't agree Eight. on that. It's been like 90 and it's been like 90 with 104% humidity this whole summer. It's been great. Uh, child's play here in Houston, Texas. But no, I understand. I, I just got back from Europe and I understand that, that when you're not specifically engineered so that you don't have to touch outside, you go car to uh, office building with a tunnel with a parking garage that's air conditioned with a every single piece of your life is air conditioned. It's very intolerable uh when the heat is in the 90s when you're not you know again built uh like that episode of bojack horseman where everything is uh inside the 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 bubble underwater basically is is how we live in houston so i feel for you even though we could complain about the weather all day because most of us do that nowadays because again it's super hot we're here to talk some cyclones some iowa state cyclones Weather, right? Weather, also a bird, though, right? Based on mascot ish. It's primarily weather, but weather. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so <laughs> Iowa State. Why is my camera out of focus? What the hell I, is I, going I, on? This is pissing <laughs> me off. I, I, I don't know. know but, I mean, podcast. I, I lost my glasses, medium. so I, I assumed I assumed it was my eyes. I this is this is quality. This is quality radio content, right? Levi's <laughs> <laughs> out of focus. There is a this is guitar over his. Left I mean, to, to be honest, though, what am I not out of focus? It is a metaphor <laughs> of sorts. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> this is oh, pissing man. me off. All right, whatever. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it. So, speaking of figuring stuff out, Iowa State having to figure some stuff out this year. Brock Purdy been synonymous with Iowa State for what feels like 15 years. He leader on the field, leader off the field, uh, statistically. I, I don't know if there's anybody in his realm in Iowa State history. Like, one, how big is the hole in your heart right now? And two, like, how do you or can you replace a guy like that on the field and in the locker room? One, well, I, I don't have a hole in my heart because he was taking Mr. Irrelevant. It is now the backup for the 49ers and pushing for the starter job. So, <laughs> honestly, wow. the best thing in the world would be Brock Purdy being an NFL starter at some point this season. I cannot think of anything that would be that would make my heart happier <laughs> than that. Um, so he has, he deserves, he deserves every good thing that comes to him. And the answer to, can you replace him is absolutely. You can replace him with a meet with a mid four star quarterback. That's got a big arm. He's a bigger athlete. He's a, he's got all the physical gifts in the world. And his teammates have said that he's got a great demeanor and things like this. We're not going to walk out there. The guy's an idiot. Um, <laughs> but you know, he, there's been nothing being the, the coaching staff has been raving about hundred Deckers for two, you know, three off seasons now. Um, He's got a humongous arm. He's he's faster in a straight line than Brock Purdy is. He's he's got a few inches and he's got about 30 pounds on Brock. Um, he's I mean, he's just he's a dude. I mean, he's a he's a really big time quarterback. Um, and and he's the all time he's 
at least he was when he graduated high school. He was Iowa high school football's all-time leader in total offense as an individual with like 12,000 or 13,000 yards or something like that. Um, he, he was very productive uh, for, for most of his career. And then he just, he just had to sit behind Brock. This, I mean, but there's like, he's, he's really good. And honestly, if he, if he has that same, if he has that same dog mentality that Brock had, where he's just going to go out and just do something or whatever, that's uh, which that's kind of Brock's. He just go out and do something. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, for better, for better or worse, it's kind of like, it's a lot like Brett Favre. You just go out there and you, some, something's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be good or if it's going to be bad, but something's going to happen or whatever. And if, and if uh, Hunter Deckers has that, even if he has that kind of that gamer mentality that Brock had, um, prospects look very good for Iowa State for quarterback for the next, you know, five, six, seven years. Because after Hunter Deckers, they have a another kid that's a high four star pushing five star quarterback right now, uh, JJ Cole. So things are looking and, up. And Deckers is like what the according to like two four seven, he's like the top five all time recruit for Iowa State. So like he's he's like a, uh he's probably top ten. I don't know if he, he might be, he might be top five. He's he's probably close to top five if he's not. I, I remember looking and seeing he was it was a small number next to his name in the all time rankings. There's a non zero chance it's and actually the, the the odds grow greater by the day that JJ Cole will surpass Alan Lazard as being the best recruit in Iowa State football. The QB pipeline to Ames continues. I love it. Funny though is that strangely <laughs> enough, it, like nobody attributes this to Matt Campbell at all, but he has had very consistent quarterback play from for his most of his tenure. For like it's been different guys. I mean, not Brock, I mean, obviously Brock Purdy was there for a long time, but even before that, like the backups have always been ready to go for, for whatever for one reason or another. You know, 2016 was kind of whatever because it was Joel Lanning and Jacob Park, and it was kind of weird, whatever. But like <laughs> Jacob Park was good there for a little while. It was good, you know, for the first little bit of 2017, and then um, and then Kyle Kemp takes over and he's, you know, he's Kyle Kemp and he has that, he has the rest of that season. Then 2018, you know, they're down. Zeb Nolan has a good game. It's Oklahoma. He shits his pants against TCU, but that's whatever. And then Brock Purdy <laughs> takes over and then we have Brock Purdy. So now, now we're at Hunter Deckers. And also don't, don't discount the family Jance. Um, or, you know, like, look, I, this Neil is Jance all... played 11 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was never ever, yesterday. Did I ever inform you guys that last summer we found him and interviewed him for two hours? <laughs> no. What a, what a gracious man. If you go back, go on YouTube and go look up the nightcap. That's our weekly. I'm, I'm going to plug it. That's our weekly YouTube show. Um, it's it's kind of our version of a late night show. Uh, last summer was when we started it, and like every week we interviewed some. We interviewed a pretty significant Cyclone guest, and in the beginning of June we found Steel Jance after he had disappeared for basically a decade on purpose. <laughs> We found him and got him, and he was an, a phenomenal interview. So if anybody has an even passing, an even passing interest in the life of Steel Jance, which you absolutely should, <laughs> for a thousand different reasons, including the fact that he is an accomplished flute player, and he also <laughs> he also killed and skinned and ate a rabbit that was hunted in Ames with with an air rifle. <laughs> so. <laughs> So you should absolutely check that interview out if you have an even passing interest in Steel Jance. The kind of people that listen to our podcast are interested in the Jance expanded universe. Like that's for sure. Like Jance and everything related. He has, yeah, most, we, he has like the most normal name out of any of his like family members too. Right. Truck, I believe. You know what's is funny though? So you know what he does? He for full time, he works for his dad's tow truck business. <laughs> you know who the only you know who the only Jance is that doesn't drive the tow truck business? Truck. Truck yeah. is the only one that, is, that does not work in the tow truck business. 
he's he's no, he doesn't have to work it. He lives it. He lives it every day. He like so he he's from and lives in Northern California most of the time, just because he like they like they live he like lives up like in, in the Sierra Nevadas. So he's like towing trucks through the mountains. And we 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 reached out to him like a month ago to get a follow up interview. This motherfucker was fighting forest fires in New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this guy. <laughs> he's he's also writing the great American novel, but it's act it's it's actually only in Aeropostel graphic tees. It's gonna be incredible. It's we can't wait. No, Steel Jance is a favorite, but we we can't live in the past because Iowa State with Matt Campbell now really truly is about the present, and and I guess this year probably uh, about the future. Let's take a quick glimpse into the past. You obviously were replacing maybe the best player in school history. I don't know if it's it's even a maybe is required there, but we talked about Purdy being gone, but Brees Hall just is truly a transcendent, you know, player goes down and goes down in, in big 12 annals is, is a guy, you know, like he's, he's, you know, every team the, the will remember him. will be upset with me calling him the best running back over Troy Davis, but fair enough. Fair enough. You've had some Definitely. good ones. Are the olds ever not mad? Is the question very well, you know, of the of the olds in college football, the Iowa State olds are generally the least mad because all of the olds <laughs> experienced horrendous football. They're just happy to happy to have something. I understand. Somehow, still not worse than Kansas State, but definitely bad football. <laughs> so we'll we'll okay. So we know it's not Brees, and we can we can take time to sing his praises later. But who is the next running back who national pundits are going to ignore and Iowa State fans can't stop talking about? Uh, so there's a few different candidates. Um, the main one, the, then the guy that'll be kind of the starter, he'll be at the top of the depth chart to start would be Jarrell Brock. Um, he's gotten playing time th- through his first couple of years, more increasing as, as he's been going on. He's been primarily used. Um, he's, he's kind of the, the thunder to Brees's whatever he, I don't know if you want to call him lightning because he was kind of had some thunder to him too, but like, but you know, he was, he's definitely the, the if he, if there was a combo, a thunder and lightning combo, he'd be the thunder, the thunder piece of that. Um, but uh, uses a blocking back. He's a good receiving back. He was actually higher rated than Brees coming out of high school and came out in that same class. Um, so he just he just unfortunately landed behind Brees Hall. Um, but he's you know he's a, he's a very capable back. He just hasn't had a lot of carries up to this point. Um, but you know the, he's kind of the presumptive starter. But it, I think at least to start the season until one until someone steps up, it'll probably be at least a little bit of a running back by committee. But I, do, I don't think that's a bad thing in this case. There, there's a lot of depth in that room. So there's a lot. Of, it's just it's truly is just a matter of there's a lot of really good options. Um, the second you know there's Deion Silas who is definitely uh you know mighty Mike kind of guy. He's like five five seven maybe. I mean he's like Deuce Vaughn size. He's he's tiny. Um. But maybe not quite that small. But he's he's like five eight, something like that. Um, and he he's he's quick. He's really really quick in space, hard to tackle, kind of you know that kind of guy. Um, or Darren Sproles maybe is a good is a good you know body type comp. And then you've got Eli Sanders, who's uh, really high, you know highly tied to running back coming out of Arizona. He's got big time speed. He's a good he's a good uh, pass catching back. Um, neither Deion Silas nor Eli Sanders had to burn the red shirts last year. So that's good. But they're, you know, those guys will get some playing time. And then kind of the guy that kind of came out, kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. He's a true freshman in Cartevius Norton came out of Florida. He's a low three or like a mid middle of three star guy. He's got to work on his pass catching and he's got, he's got to work. He's got to work on his, on his route running his pass catching to be a three down back for, or to be a four down back. But dude can run. I mean, he's he's quick. He's he's quick in space. He's got good long speed. He's not afraid to lower his shoulder if he needs to. Um, I had a chance to go to a spring practice and watch him, and he was. I mean, he he like popped off the field when you were watching. I mean, he's good. 
Um, I don't I don't know what his playing time looks like this year, just because he's got so many backs in front of him that are going to eat eat up a lot of carries. But I wouldn't be I mean I wouldn't be shocked at all if by mid to late season we're starting to you know we see Cartavius Norton at least using his redshirt games to get a a decent number of carries, especially like in blowout and you know if there's any blowouts or something like that. Um, he's he'll be a guy to keep on to keep an eye on. But early in the season, Jarrell Brock will be the lead back, and I would expect he's a, he's a talented guy. I, I would I would expect him to kind of still maintain the lead back. I don't think that he'll be like the, you know, you know, the, the overwhelming bell cow, like, like Brees Hall was, or Dave Montgomery, Montgomery. was. Yeah. Dave Montgomery. You know, well, those guys are getting 30 carries a game and just, and they're just going and going and going and going. I don't think the, I don't think he'll be that. I don't think he needs to be that because he's got a lot of help behind him. Not that Brees Hall didn't last year, but he's, he's Brees Hall. You're going to give him the ball as much as he can. So that's kind of the situation right now. Um, But either way, I mean, honestly though, if any of those guys appeared at the top of the depth chart at the beginning of the season, that's totally fine. Like nobody, nobody's nobody's worrying if the true freshman Cartevius Norton is showing up at the at the top of that depth chart at the beginning of the season. I don't think it'll happen. But even if that does happen, nobody's concerned about that at all. I've got a, a history of drafting Iowa State running backs in my fantasy football rookie leagues, and so uh, yeah. I appreciate Brees Hall being there for me when uh, I had to <laughs> let go of David Montgomery on his rookie contract. It really oh. is. Uh, it's helpful. Is get him cheap, get him early. And get rid of him. So uh, he's got a good shot at being rookie of the year this year. If the, he, if the Jets can block anybody, like he's gonna be fun. He's gonna be good. Big if for the Jets as it stands. But sure. um, <laughs> when you think sure. about, yeah, what isn't a big if for them? Fair, right? So when you think about Iowa State, and, and this is this is not meant to be a backhanded compliment. One of the other things that you really think about is like tight ends, right? For yeah. like the last. Well, again, what seems yeah, like most most of Matt Campbell's tenure, yeah, yeah, for the last. He started. Do you know years. he start he started his 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 tenure at Iowa State started with zero scholarship tight ends. <laughs> and really, really, okay. And now it's like, and then he got end. one, and they got hit by a car in his first off season. <laughs> Yikes. That was, that was Chase Allen. He got hit by a car during his true freshman year. Noted. Duly noted. <laughs> oh, man. So now yeah. Kohler's gone, right? Like Kohler, Chase, Chase Allen's Allen. gone. Yeah. Chase Allen's gone. And Xavier Hutchinson is. Shout out of, to the backup yeah. tight end for Iowa State getting drafted, though. I know, right? Fantastic. Right? Fantastic. Big. Huge. Big. Big. So. But like the pass catching group is going to look quite a bit different as the, when you think about reloading the offense. So like, what is that? Again, you've got Tariq Milton, who's Alan Austin. Like, what does that group look like uh, moving forward? Who, well, you got a new quarterback. Who's he going to be throwing the ball to? Well, the uh, old reliable up top, Xavier Hutchinson. He's there. Yeah. Dude just dude just gets open. He catches balls and makes stuff happen. That's that's what you want out. That's he is what you want out of a lead receiver. He's consistent. He's a great, he's a great leader. He's a great route runner. He's a good, he's a good, uh, pass catch. You know, he's got great hands. He's got good open field speed. He can turn, uh, he can turn, you know, runs after the catches into touchdowns pretty quick. Um, he's, he does, he does everything. I mean, he does exactly what you want a, your lead receiver to do. I'm still very proud of this player comp. Cause I, I made it to him when I made it for him when he came out as when he came out of Hutchinson community college, um, was I compared him to, to Justin Black? Cause he's just a dude that just gets open and just does st- like, he just makes catches, gets open, makes plays. And honestly, I'm pretty proud of that comparison. Cause it's, it's, it's held up. Um, and he's not a Blitnikoff winner, obviously, but he's been, he's been every bit what you can expect out of that, pro- out of that player comp. Um, and, uh, so he, you know, he'll, he'll be there. He'll still get a huge number of targets. I would imagine, a uh, guy that came on last year, he played, he played a bunch. I mean, he played most every, I think he might've played every game um, and got more kind of more 
Uh, targets as the year went on was Jalen Knoll. He's a slot guy, really quick. Um, he'll probably be, I would guess he'll probably start the year as a punt and kick returner as well. Um, definitely, you know, explosive, explosive guy that can really do a lot of damage out of the slot. Um, those would be your, kind of your two main threats. They've got, you know, the, that third receiver spot is open, um, is a little bit, is a little bit up in the air right now, but there's, there's a couple obvious candidates that'll step up. Um, one of them is Greg Gaines, four-star receiver, uh, true freshman out of Florida. Um, saw him in the spring practice, looked every bit of the part. Like he looks like he's ready to play. Um, he's, he, he looks like he's ready to play week one. Um, and be a, be a big time contributor. Uh, he's like, he's like six, four, you know, two ten or something like, you know, two, six, four, two fifteen, something like that. And, you know, classic Matt Campbell, slightly oversized receiver type of thing. <laughs> um, uh, not quite, not quite Alan Lazard, Hakeem Butler oversized, but well, um, who can be, yeah, no, I don't know. We, well, they, they still got Sean Shaw, who's still six, six and a half. Um, but, um, and Tristan Michaud, who's a Canadian, he's like six, six or six, seven or something like that. But, um, but you know he's he's an obvious candidate that can step up. Uh, Daniel Jackson, he's from San Antonio. He's he'll, he'll uh, he got hurt a little bit last year, but he's had some good uh, in the in when he's had a chance to play, he's been good. Uh, um, guy that could show up is name his name is Dimitri Stanley. He's a transfer from Colorado. Uh, big time speed guy. He's got big long lots of long speed, deep threat for sure. I don't I haven't seen like enough tape to know like if he's a great like underneath route runner or anything like that. But I know that his the, the, the main thing that I heard about him coming out of Colorado is you know, speed guy, vertical threat, um, which now that you have a quarterback that has a genuinely big time arm, um, having those vertical threats are having, having more of them is obviously really good um, and should help. I would say open up the offense a little bit, which has been kind of a complaint the last couple of years. Cause I was, it's had such an embarrassment of riches at tight end that you kind of almost feel obligated to play two or three of them all the time, which inherently compacts your offense and kind of limits your vertical potential a little bit. Now that, I mean, there's still, there's some, still some good tight ends in that room. Uh, Deshaun Hanneke has been there for a few years, just hasn't had a chance to play too much. Um, talented guy, Easton Dean, another guy the coaches have raved about. Uh, and a couple other guys, Tyler Moore coming up. He's a um, red shirt freshman. I think he's from, uh, is it from Johnston? Johnston or Urbandale, one of the two. Um, I think he's from Johnston. Um, DeWine, whatever. DeWine suburb. Um, but, he uh, there's there's talent in that room, but there's not so much where you're feeling like you're going to have to put two or three of them on the field all the time. And you'd rather because the, the receiver room is fairly deep. So you'd rather get three three receivers out there instead of three tight ends type of thing. Um, and I think that's going to be between that having a quarterback that can stretch the field with his arm. Um, I think there's a decent shot here that we're going to see an, an Iowa State offense that's going to be looking to be more vertical and try to be and try to get more explosive plays rather than just marching down the field methodically like they have been for the last five years. Um, and it'll be, it'll be exciting to see, you know, you'll, you'll see there'll be some upside and, you know, get more explosive plays, some downside, probably some more, you know, some more stalled out drives or some more interceptions or something like that, you know, but, and that'll happen with a young quarterback. And that's just part of the game when you're playing it with an, you know, with a vertical offense. But I think that's going to be, I think it has a chance to be a really big step forward for Iowa state and be something that, um, will help change the pace of the help change the pace a little bit and take advantage of uh, all the the athleticism that has been showing up on the roster over the last few years that just hasn't had a chance to play because of all these guys that have been here forever. It will be interesting to see something a little bit different from Iowa State because there is a Campbell identity and and a guy we really really respect 
here, you know, I think most Texas fans do, um, who also has a pretty distinct identity, but and maybe doesn't get as much from the casual fan who isn't as deep in the Iowa State lore right now, uh, doesn't understand the defense, uh, has quite a, a job on their hands, and, and, and coordinator John Haycock has, you know, a decent rebuild, maybe not as big of names with Brees Hall and Brock Purdy, which are two marquee positions. Um, but nonetheless, you're replacing your top four tacklers. And one of them is Mike Rose, who is, you know, just all everything everywhere all the time. Um, but also Jake Hummel, Ashim Young at Ole Miss, Greg Ellsworth. Um, you know, you, you lose Eisworth. your other havoc. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, your other havoc creator in, in uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Gerald knows how I love uh, defensive ends with uh, when he was that's him Um, (laughs) on a defense that was truly exceptional last year. Right. You're replacing a lot. Obviously, there's a Will McDonald size piece to build around, which is unbelievable. Um, What what, what does what does this defense look like? Are there any big changes um, or, or is it kind of plug and play? I mean, up to this point in his tenure, it's kind of been a lot of plug and play. Um, The scheme is just solid enough that as long as the guys know where they're supposed to be. You can you can do a lot of different things with it. Um, the great thing is that Iowa State has answers for pretty much all those losses. Um, the defensive the defensive line specifically is very deep. Lots of lots of guys there. Isaiah Lee has been played for a long time. Um, he seems kind of poised to take over that to take over that um, uh, the Annie Wazirike gap there. Um, behind him is Will Singleton. The guys have, that have played a bunch. They're going to come up. You got Will McDonald. You've got the best pass rusher in America. That's probably good. That has a pretty decent shot at breaking Von Miller's career sack record here pretty quick and doing it without ever starting a game up to this point. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's unbelievable. He's on totally unblockable and he can, he can completely change an offensive game plan by himself. This is me being hopeful. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but if they decide that this year might make a lot of sense to moves to a few more four down fronts, you free up Paul McDonald from getting double teamed every single play. Um, I don't know if they're going to do it, but that would be great if they did. <laughs> the great thing is that they've seen, at least based on every f- all the film that I've seen of, and I've I've watched some of them, watched a decent chunk of it, is they seem to have found a pretty much ready-made replacement for Mike Rose. His name's Colby Reader. He's a transfer out of Delaware, and if you put, if you put their tape on, they're almost indistinguishable from each other. They are their, their tape. I mean, his tape is identical to Mike Rose. He's quick sideline to sideline, just really good sound run gap guy. Um, he's good in pass coverage. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he's, it's like, he's been watching Mike Rose and modeling his entire game after him. I mean, he's a, he's a plug and play fit right there. Uh, Orion Vance is still back in the middle of that linebacking group. He's played played here forever. He's a good linebacker. Um, having that guy back there, is going to be huge. Um, and you got a couple other guys coming up, Cole Peterson, uh, Gary Vaughn, uh, a few guys that have, they've played special teams and some bat and some rotational snaps up to this point um that i think are going to have a good, real chance to step up and be good i'm not i'm not worried about the linebackers or the defensive line safeties you did lose you know you lose greg you lose greg eisworth who was like first team all big 12 for 100 years and then you lose Ishim young to ole miss i would say found a couple solutions there now it does expose a little bit on the corner slot but they found a couple solutions there one was moving anthony johnson to safety uh, so he's not corner anymore he's going to safety from whatever everything i heard is that one they needed to patch up a little bit of hole of safety but two he projects as an NFL safety, but not really an NFL corner. Um, so that's going to help his pro career and all that good stuff. And plus, I think he's a, he's an exceptionally smart player. I think he's going to be a great safety. Hasn't um, he been around already for four years anyway? So this he's would be a, his, this would be his fifth season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is his last season. It's going to it's going to it makes sense to as far as the kind of the word just where the strengths of the defense are. I think that it makes perfect sense to move him back there. And I think he's going to be great. The Ashim Young loss, while kind of on its surface, seems like a big deal because he was, you know, freshman of the year and he was a really good, you know, he's 
really good player. He actually started to lose a lot of snaps to Bo Freeler by the end of the season. And he actually what in Bo Freeler played more snaps against Clemson and looked like he, and Bo Freeler looked like he belonged on that field against Clemson. Like he was play, he played really well. Um, and he was, he was projected to be the guy going forward. Like I think he would have taken a Shane Young starting spot um, this coming season. Um, well, he, he did take his starting spot towards the end of last season. And uh, so right there, I mean, he's a Bo Freeler is an outstanding player. You're going to hear, hear his name more. He loves to come up and hit just like Ishim Young did. Um, probably, I would say a more solid pass coverage guy, though. Um, so that's that's always good in John Haycock's scheme where you need to have your safeties that know where they're supposed to be and not making dumb mistakes. And so you have there guy that stand, stood out big time at that third at the third safety um, is Vonzel Kelly. He, or sorry, not Vonzo Kelly, Verdell Edwards. Um, he uh, stood out in spring and he's been a guy that's shown up and sounds like he's going to be the third safety and there's not really any doubt there um, from what I understand, as far, or at least any doubt to his ability to play that position. Corner is where it gets interesting. Uh, corner has been a spot where the first, the, the primary corner spot's been locked down by Anthony Johnson for the last four years and he's been really good. Never had to worry about him. You know, been very good. And then there's been, the backup's been kind of here or there. Corner remains the concern on the defense. Um, but the, there's, there's a lot of potential here. So the two starters I would project right now fairly confidently would be TJ Tampa on one side, who's an exceptional athlete. If he's, if he's got his, if he's got his mental game down and understanding proper, you know, his technique and, and studying lots of film and stuff, I think he can be an exceptionally good corner. I mean, he's got like a, I think he's got like a 42 inch vertical or something, something silly like that. Wow. He's an, he's an, like an exceptional athlete, and I think he's got a, he's got a huge awesome ceiling. Uh, the guy across from him will be uh, Miles Purchase. Yes, Miles Purchase. He's got a younger brother, Blake. That's a that's like a high four, like a mid four star linebacker. That's yeah, looking at Iowa State right now. He's very good, um, but we'll see if Iowa State is able to land the him. But his brother, but Miles is a corner at Iowa State, and he uh, had a really good season last season. He got more snaps to go on as he went as the season went on. Played a bunch against Clemson. Looked really good. Um, I think those are your two starters right now. Um, then you've got like Tavon Kyle has played a bunch here and there. He started some, been kind of rotation guy others, but he's kind of a good veteran presence to have there. Um, one kind of the interesting one that's kind of shown up as a guy that's probably going to get a, lot, a good amount of snaps in the rotation is Darian Porter. He was a, I think he's like a junior now, like a redshirt junior now or something like that. He was a receiver coming out of high school out of Bettendorf, uh, which is in the Quad Cities. Um, and he at least when he left college, I think he might still be, but I'm not sure. He was the 200 meter uh, record holder for in the state of Iowa. He's six four and has <laughs> has 200 meter track speed. Um, and he made the transition to corner this past offseason, and apparently he has picked it up very quickly. And six four track speed is a good good starting point for a corner. Um, so if he's that got, works, yeah. I mean, if he pick if he if he can pick up the corner spot, I mean that's a high that's a high ceiling, you know option right there if he's if he's if, if they think he's ready to go that's a really high ceiling uh player for uh you know high ceiling to build on for a corner so we'll see there's a lot of potential there there's a lot of potential for growth um and to be a spot where it's not like a, we have to cover up the corners and figure out how to kind of compensate for for a little bit lackluster corner play it's we can leave the corner on an island if we need to and we can really plug the middle of the field type of thing so we'll see it's there's a there's there's still, a, I think it'll still be a very good Iowa State defense. I'm still, I would still absolutely expect top three or four at at worst. Um, I think John Haycock's scheme is just too solid, and there's too many good. I mean, if you have if you have Will McDonald up front and Anthony Johnson in the back, you're gonna feel pretty good about your chances most of the time. 
I think we're now two for two on uh, conference media days that that John Haycock's name has come up. And so uh, that's that's high praise. Again, uh, when the other coaches around you and your peers are, are looking to you as uh, an expert. So I want to leave. I want to end the, the formal portion of our interview with this. When you look back in December, January ish at this season and you feel like it was a success, what are you thinking? Like if what's going to make this season a success for Iowa State? I don't think the record will play as much of a factor into it because we're seeing right now we're going to find out if Iowa State is in rebuild or in reload, in the rebuild or reload stage of the program. I think we're closer. I think we're a lot closer to reload than rebuild, but we'll see. You know, we're we're going to see where if the if the you know where the rubber meets the road with these with these higher rated recruiting classes and these better top end guys. Um, so we'll see. And but you're still breaking in a new quarterback. You're you're still breaking in four new offensive linemen or not. Not new, but new starters anyways. Um, you're replacing a couple of big pieces on defense. I think the potential is, I mean, the potential is every, honestly, I'm not, I, I promise you, I'm not drinking Kool-Aid on this. Like the ceiling is still probably where it was last year because there's enough raw talent on this roster to to get there if they get some bounces. Um, the floor is probably, you know, I, I would, I would, uh, I would say that last year's team hit the floor. Like, I don't think mm. they, like, I, like, I don't, I, I think I would say they hit the floor. Um, yeah. I think the floor is maybe like, a, a little bit lower like they could go i mean something they could get some bad bounces and go five and seven or something like that i i would be really surprised if that happened i, w- I would put the floor the actual floor at like six and six for this team um if they're if they go six and six but towards the end of the season we start seeing some nice cohesion we start seeing hunter deckers getting really com- getting comfortable and things like that that's that's a good spot i think because you're gonna have you're gonna have you're gonna have him coming back. You're, gonna ha- you're still gonna have a lot of returning talent. You won't have you probably won't have Will McDonald, but you'll still have lots of other people coming back on defense and things like that. If they go like eight and four, I mean that's an objectively, good, I mean anything better than seven and five or better, I think is an objectively a success. Um, that's kind of where it is. I mean they'll have to get some bounces to go their way to go you know eight and four, nine and three type of thing or 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 better. They'll have to get some bounces just like any other any other program. Um, but you know, there's a wider, probably a wider range of, of outcomes than last year, but I still feel pretty good about it. I mean, I think the floor is, I think the floor has been, you know, functionally permanently raised as long, you know, for as long as Campbell is here, which this, this is year seven of, of the Matt Campbell yeah, era, which see, is, which is certain, crazy. And also the see, year, year 10 of, of what school is going to hire Matt Campbell right. uh, away from Iowa. State. I mean, he's, he's the second <laughs> longest tenured coach in the conference. Wild. Which is amazing because he's been coaching the Jets and the Lions and the Browns and, right, and, and right, Florida right. State and Tennessee, right. or whatever. He's been doing all that all at once. So really, props to him for coaching 900 teams at once. Hey, didn't didn't Pop Warner coach Iowa State while he also did. coaching another team at the same time? So it Correct. makes sense uh, via letter, I think, if I remember that that yep. old story, which is one of the craziest college football stories. Let's move it in now. We've talked enough serious football. We're, 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 we're getting there because this yeah. is the nature of these three anyways. Why people really come to this podcast, a little rapid fire, a little less formal, a little less rigid, a little more fun. So let's let's piggyback off what you were just talking about with your expectations of the season. I'm just going to I'm just going to throw you a, an either or a four win season. But you beat Iowa get Matt Campbell's first win against Iowa or seven wins in a bowl game. Seven. Definitely. Okay, fair enough. I mean, no, no question about it. I mean, Beating Iowa is nice, but it doesn't it doesn't actually mean that much. <laughs> it's, not, it's a non-con game that doesn't matter. I wouldn't say maybe, maybe I shouldn't say it doesn't matter, but it's it's not gonna like I like I would not trade a win over Oklahoma or Texas or anybody for a for a win over Iowa. Fair enough. 
the off season has been extra off season this uh this off season uh with all the dumb twitter yeah. things and one of the dumbest twitter things uh is is people tweeting at players uh who transfer and and Iowa State fans were extra upset when uh Tariq, both Tariq Milton and Tyrese Hunter transferred to Texas and so from your vantage point your thought what's the bigger betrayal in folks minds cuz both felt like they were big betrayals to a lot of Iowa State fans like which one was the bigger betrayal in your mind oh Tyrese for sure. Tariq was getting buried on the depth chart. He probably wasn't going to play a ton last season, a ton next season. I mean, he's, he was a depth, he was going to become a kind of a depth piece at Iowa state. Just like, I'm assuming he's probably going to end up being at Texas. Um, that's not like a, it's not like a dig at, Ty- at Tariq or anything like that. He just had some problems with injuries and consistency throughout his whole career. And that's just kind of what it is. Yeah. Um, Tyrese definitely. I mean, he had a huge NCAA tournament, some iconic, like, you know, like an iconic moment with Iowa state with a shot against Wisconsin, you know, I mean, or not Wisconsin, but the first round, who the hell did we play the first round? He couldn't stop hitting three pointers. I remember that. Who yeah, that? LSU. 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 They had a big hit, a big shot against LSU, or whatever, and then beat Wisconsin. You know, he had, he had a you know an all time iconic moment. You know, he's he he's like he like seems like he fits perfectly in TJ Otzelberger's defense. You know, big you know nasty point guard plays great defense. He distributes the ball well, whatever. He fits perfectly. This he fits perfectly at Iowa State. He just dumps and leaves. So. I mean, like I get it. I mean, he came, he comes from kind of a really a, a rough background or whatever. And he's had a lot, a lot of really terrible luck in his life or whatever. So like, I can't, I can't fault him for going after money. I can't, you know, in trying to take care of himself and his family or whatever. I can't, can't blame him for that one, one bit. So, I mean, I do, I do wish him the best, even though Texas can go to hell. <laughs> That's the perfect end to that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, an Iowa state player who, we've loved for the years, the, the legendarily named Connor ass alley has moved on to greeter thoroughfares, um, different, different, um, roads and roundabouts and, and, yeah. uh, your, your ways through streets. Who's the best name remaining on the roster for 2022 without the low hanging fruit of Mr. Ass alley. Yeah. Uh, let me, let me pull up the roster. Cause there are a couple of good ones. I just gotta, I just gotta remember I'm here. Um, let's see here. I was always a Zeb Nolan fan. It felt very Futurama. Yeah, Zeb's uh, a good one to me. Of course, yeah, famous, uh, uh, famed South Carolina quarterback Zeb Nolan. That's right. That's of course right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Dodge Salzer is a good one. I mean, it kind of just—it's not really like weird and like that. It just kind of rolls off the tongue. No, it's a, a good bit. name. It's a good okay, name. Yeah. So there's there's one here. Is oh my god, it's Aluofunto Akinchilo, Akinchilo, something like that. Strong. It's a it's a mouthful. That is, it's, as I have, as I showed earlier, I give me like un un syllable. You get to multi-syllable and lots of right. vowels. Oh man, I'm 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 done for. Ah, Cameron Shook as a punter is pretty solid. I mean, there's, maybe there's not as many like uh, we had some more wacky names last year, I suppose. I think Hunter Deckers is just a really solid name. Especially when like it's it got just, two Ks, like it's yeah. got two Ks right after and, each other. And it it just it comes off. Both names have a bite to them. I think it's a good name, a strong yeah, name. Absolutely. And then you got. Oh, well, I mean, there's Rocco Backed. That's a good one. He's that a backup quarterback. Uh, son of former uh, offensive lineman Anthony Backed. Yeah. Oh, okay. You don't get enough Roccos either. That no, not days. near enough Roccos. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you also don't get very many skill position. Actually, you know to- what? I mean, I mean, to be honest, the best name on the team is TJ Tampa as a corner. I mean, that's that's pretty damn. And you know where he's from? Tampa. Like, is he? I, he's from Tampa. I, <laughs> I almost it. made a Tampa two reference when you were when you were doing uh, this. Li- uh, linebacker Miles Mendezun. That's a good one. That is good. Ooh, it's very very 
poetic musical so i i've got a i've got another question for you levi watch big 12 media days last week i've got to be honest with you uh yeah I, I covered oklahoma state professionally and and one day i asked why mike gundy was so tan and somebody told me that mike gundy is an outside runner he he was so tan so that's the question what is going on with matt campbell okay so matt campbell's always been pretty tan but my dude spent i think he just i think he just parked his ass on a beach and just laid with his face to the sun for four months straight just baked like he was stupid tan i was like my man what are you doing came back to Ames the day before practice the hair hair looks lighter this year than both the top and the facial hair so like it accentuates it even more what is going on is he okay? Like, I mean, he, I mean, I know he likes to go to vacation on different islands and things like that during the off season, but damn, he's been in the sun. <laughs> like, put some, like, try some sunscreen, man. I'm not trying to have you get skin cancer at 42. Like, the, the dude's so, so tan. I mean, I think, so I think he's, I think he's naturally like a fairly like a, a tan, just a naturally tan person, or he tans really easily or something like that. Um, but like, man, what's going on? He's, so he's like, if he's like. He's stupid tan and like right now <laughs> and about ready to go into, into fall camp and probably get more tan. Yeah. The, the, the road trips to the, the, the schools in the South certainly won't help on a Saturday. If he tans that easily, he's yeah, going to be, yeah. uh, he's going to be leathered by the end. So uh, there's one thing that's important as important to me as, as college football and that's food. And I think any of our listeners know that. And so what I want to know as a member of the big 12, going forward whenever Texas and Oklahoma are not. There's there's some interesting schools coming in from a food perspective. Are you more excited about adding Mormon, chili. Mormon funeral <laughs> potatoes, Skyline Chili, Houston's Viet Cajun Crawfish, or Disneyland Turkey Legs? Skyline. Skyline Chili. I don't, like I I realize that I realize that it's a it's a somewhat divisive thing because people are like, oh, why are you putting chili on spaghetti? But if you've never had it, you you cannot have an opinion on this. Because <laughs> I lived in Cincinnati for like a, for about a year, and I think I ate that shit like twice a week. It's so good. <laughs> Skyline is amazing. I love Skyline Chili, and I will absolutely be road tripping out there to eat my body weight in chili spaghetti. <laughs> There's a cinnamon element to it, right? Isn't it a bit sweeter it, it, than so, what so, you so, think of? So, like, so the, the ground beef, it's it's one, it's it's pretty finely minced, but then it, you know it has like a, kind of a sauce with it, but it does actually have a little. It's not cinnamon. It's got a little bit, of, just a little bit of chocolate in it. Just a, oh. just a just a tiny bit. It's not it's oh. not much, but you can you can you can taste just a little bit of it, and it's it's actually pretty nice, honestly. Interesting. It's very good. I I love it. I still have yet I to can, try it, so I can it's say nothing. It's a big nothing. old pile of spaghetti, and then you get this like you get this. They're what they it's what they call chili, but it's just finely minced ground beef with this kind of the sauce or whatever, and and you put it on top, and you put about a pound of shredded cheese on top of that with some onions and stuff like. That. All and right. They serve I'll- funnel cakes there too. <laughs> Do- These are all good things. I mean, I would say, I would say what, I mean, what else do we need here? Uh, again, not not. The, it's it's more about putting on the kind of winter coat. Uh, I think yeah. these foods help you make it through a yeah. cold winter. Yeah. I mean, Cincinnati. It's not any. It's not any warmer than I than yeah, Iowa. It's, it's not necessarily uh, sleek summer Matt Campbell on islands bod food, but no, uh, no, it's no. good hearty stuff for the soul. I mean, because your your other options are what you say it's some sort of Cajun something or whatever in Houston. I don't know. Yeah, I don't care about the, the I don't care about the university or city of Houston, so I <laughs> I have no opinion. I've never once thought about that place in my Fair entire enough. life. I, I spent a lot of time trying to find a, a signature Orlando food and I had to settle on turkey legs at Disneyland because I don't There's think Orlando nothing signature about it. You guys ever been to Orlando? It blows ass. There's nothing to do there. It sucks. 
<laughs> like we played in a bowl game there a few years ago and I actually didn't end up, I, I wasn't able to go, but I, everybody that I heard from, there was nothing to do there. Like, if, like you don't, uh, if you don't go to Disney World, there is not a damn thing to do in Orlando. Like the bar scene sucks, which is obviously going to be well tested when we go to a bowl game there. Whatever, <laughs> and it sucks ass. Whatever. So I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go to the BYU game because I'm going to go buy beer and bring it or whatever. And they're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> like, uh, I, I'm going to say Iowa State <laughs> visiting BYU is going to be the funniest shit of all time because they are going to be not prepared. Culture Iowa clash. I, yeah. Iowa State and Texas Tech are the two that I'm really excited to see go to Provo for yeah. the first time. Yeah, that, West Virginia as well. I really do want to see a West Virginia uh, road game in Provo. I think that's going to yeah. be just an absolute nightmare. Yeah, I mean, it, like, I'm excited that BYU is going to be in the Big 12 because I think they are a really nice addition to the conference. Just from like Absolutely. from a from a from an athletics perspective, I think they're great. Um, and I, and I like Salt Lake, you know, Salt Lake slash Provo is beautiful. I mean, it's a, it's a great place to go to, vi- to visit for a road trip. I mean, but culturally a little wonky, but that's all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you know what? I'm really more looking forward to the BYU fans coming here and discovering alcohol. It's going to be great. <laughs> just inviting them to your tailgates like they and just, trying they to just, corrupt. They just got pop. They just got pop like last year or whatever. Like they're going to show up here and be like, what's this? And I'm like, that's bush light. Congratulations. You've grown up now. Like rubbish. Oh, bring off. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got the reference before I could. <laughs> you know, what's funny. Okay. So i got a funny, like it's, it's, I got a, it's a, it's an Amish story. So is it like about a month ago? Uh, I went up to I, my about a month ago. Me and my buddy got we just rented up a, a cabin up in like the middle of Wisconsin like a month ago. We just went up there for the weekend. It was good shit. But we're up there, so this 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 cabin is like it's in the middle of nowhere on top of a hill in Wisconsin, and we're going up there. And it's like we we got we got there like on Friday morning or something like that, and then just stayed through the, through the weekend. Um, like Saturday in the middle of the day. Well, sorry, Saturday morning, this dog just like kind of comes up to the front door, starts, starts pawing at it. No idea what this dog is, just kind of showed up. Just it just it just it just Can't came know. out of the ether. It just showed up. Um, it wonderfully nice dog. We just had a pet, and he's like, yeah, whatever. And he's like, that's cool. I'll, I'll leave. And then later in this day, we're doing that. We hear this knock at the door, and we open it up, and there's this guy standing there, big bushy beard, overalls, and no shoes. And he walk, and he, I'm like. And he's, I mean, he's clearly Amish. I mean, he's very clearly Amish. But my buddy goes up to the, uh, up to the door or whatever, and, and the Amish guy goes, hey, can we use your telephone? Because he can see, like, over, over my buddy's shoulder, oh, there's, like, a, an old rotary phone, but it's it's decorative. There's nothing there's nothing hooked up, hooked up to it or anything like that. He's like, can I use your phone? He's like, oh, that's, he's like, that's not real. He's like, he's like, you guys live here or whatever? And we're like, no, we don't live because it's an Airbnb. So it's like, no, he's like, no, we don't. He's like, he's like, we don't really live here, so I'm not sure where to find it. He's like, you guys don't live here? And it's like, he's like, no, we just rented. He's like, we don't live here. And then I got to, I got, I got to watch my friend explain, try to explain Airbnb to an Amish guy for the next like 15 minutes. And it was the on that Levi, I feel like it's a good place place to, to put a button on it, man. If folks want more Amish stories or Iowa State football or all the other 19 things that you do uh, with Wide Right, man, where can they find you? Uh, you can find us at Wide Right. It's what's at Wide RT Natty LT on Twitter. Uh, we have Facebook. We have a YouTube channel. We've got a Twitch stream. We've got a Discord, which is fantastic. If you guys are not, if you guys aren't in the Discord, you should get in the Discord, or whatever. But if you go to our Twitter page and and the the pin tweet there, it's there's a link to the Discord in there. It's fantastic. We're up. We're well. We're over clear. We're clear of 600 members in there, and there's tons of channels to talk about everything. It's sports. We've got 
food and booze. We've got lawn and garden channels. We've got gaming, movies, everything you can think of. And it's pretty active in pretty much all of them all the time. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of like, it's a good, if you're, if you are tired of message boards and forums, people being stupid or whatever, I genuinely recommend to you to go to our discord and join. Cause it is an absolutely better alternative to traditional message boards. hundred um, percent. Definitely would recommend it. So yeah. Awesome. Well, Levi, thank you so much for your time. I know um, it was short notice, but I really appreciate you. Uh, okay. this. <laughs> yeah. I blocked out my entire day. I didn't even go to work. I was waiting for you to DM me. <laughs> oh, well, I apologize about that. I spent most of my day in my backyard trying to get my. Well, then you texted fixed. me this morning. You're like, when you texted me this morning, you're like, oh, I've got HVAC problems. And I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> and I was, I was wait, I was ready for you to cancel and break my heart, but you didn't. So that's good. I didn't know. Cert- certain, certain conversations are bigger than the temperature that governs us. Sometimes we have yeah. to just talk with our hearts and our sweaty covered bodies. And yeah, I think we, yeah. I think we accomplished that. And the best thing is we all did this podcast with no pants on. So that's good. That's a, Never s- know. Six years running, seven years running. Yeah. We've yet to have pants. <laughs> still, with this, have no, this episode. still have not worn pants <laughs> on this entire thing. <laughs> the only time Kyle and I have ever done this podcast uh, with pants on was when we had to do it because we were together in a restaurant. The, the in-person one. Yeah. <laughs> and we, yeah. And that, that's, that's just, when you decided to wear pants. It's just oh. it's one. It's one of those OSHA violation things. You know, that's they, true. That's yeah. true. OSHA will get you. That I mean, they like that's you. one of those things where you got like, you just, yeah, you got to have pants on or OSHA is going to write you up. And Government it's, overreach, mm, man. <laughs> we'll get you. You know, what's funny, though, is actually is M. Shaw. You ever heard of M. Shaw? No. M. Shaw is, is for is the is the mining safety health organization. And it is far stricter than OSHA. I know this one place that got dinged because their Should microwave be. was dirty. Wow. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't know how to dip out of that, but (laughs) thank you. Good luck transition out of that one. (laughs) We're going to, we're going to go to an ad. That's what we're We're going to go to. Well, we're just heating up. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Gerald, as we alluded to the only way to segue out of a Levi segment, always fun to have him on the show. The only way to segue is to say show's not over. We're just, like your microwave heating up. It's time for burnt orange lenses. Gerald, take a look at the world through some burnt orange colored lenses. Big news breaking here. Four-star cornerback Malik Muhammad commits to Texas. Gerald, I know this is a guy you've been excited about. I know this is the dynasty and the pipeline of your dreams. Tell us why we should be excited for Malik. Well, first of all, anytime you can snag more kids from South Oak Cliff, you absolutely should. Texas, like is in the need of lockdown corners and, and they've added some in the last class and they now add another kid, six foot one seventy. He is an absolute athlete. And he's also a very like vocal recruiter and very influential in the DFW area. And so like those two things, the combination of those two things uh, is absolutely crucial. And it also pushes Texas back uh, into the top three. They jump ahead of uh, Clemson and Penn state. They're still well behind uh, Notre Dame and Ohio state based upon the new two, four, seven composite rankings on three did their new ones instead of two, four, seven. But like the fourth highest rated player in the class. And again, another top, 100 guy top 50 guy uh texas stacking top 50 guys is absolutely the way to, to build this thing and if sark can put together a halfway decent season then this thing's going to keep building and malik muhammad's the kind of guy who can um 
be, be a NFL corner one day. And, and uh, Texas now, I think, is looking at adding many, many players that will uh, reverse the trend or reverse the conversation about uh, Texas's ability to put guys in the league. All right, Gerald, um, a guy who we just never can get tired of talking about. Seems like every week he's setting a new world record, doing a new win. Now holds seven of the ten longest things ever to happen in his sport. That's right, Ryan Krauser wins the shot put at the World Championships this week. Just how impressive is this guy? I mean, I'm I'm a guy who will argue for Ryan Krauser being top athlete pound for pound to put on the burnt orange. Like that's how good Ryan Krauser is. Like that is like he sets the gold standard for. Uh, Texas athletes, I mean, world champion and world champion and world champion and Olympic gold medal and world champion like that is, and I think I shorted him a couple of Olympics and world championships, but like that's the level of elite that Texas fans assume that every Texas athlete should be at. Uh, and so we're, you know, that he, he sets the standard in my eyes. And a guy who, who just crushed it in college and, and, you know, as a 19 year old can, can try to strive up to the, the, the mark that Krauser set like everyone else in the world. Trip Papiri, good friend of the podcast, finished eighth in the world. Um, again, fresh out of college. So that's uh, an impressive mark to his start to his professional career. We're always excited uh, to see the big men. Uh, let's get, let's make numbers one through 10 in the world. All, all Texas uh, shot put and shot put uh, alums from the 40 acres also uh at the world's kennedy simon and team usa won bronze in the mix four by four at the uh, world championships on friday uh i believe julian alfred also was in the finals and and uh had a a false start which in the olympic rules is an auto dq unfortunately so she didn't get a chance to add uh more to the the world championship finisher stefan mccarter finished fifth um good showing for longhorns uh generally um the track program is strong and getting stronger um, some news, Gerald, that I think is exciting, should be fun when it rolls around. Men's basketball was announced this week to face Illinois in the Jimmy V Classic at Madison Square Garden on December 6th. Chris Beard is so upset that Texas is playing a school with a pulse uh, in the non-conference. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? Uh, no, like, I- I'm excited to watch some actual worthwhile non-conference basketball. Uh, and Illinois is, they may not be a good team, but, but again, they're a team that's hopefully of the same caliber of Texas and the Jimmy V classic is just one of those, um, one of those events that everybody should get excited for every year. And I absolutely do. Illinois fans will be very upset to say they're not a good team. They think they're going to win it all every year, even if they have to replace some NBA talent, but, um, there's some good teams in that Jimmy V this year. So it should be very good basketball. They are also, by the way, Gerald playing Gonzaga. So there's two games at least that Chris Beard hates that he has (laughs) to play. Uh, the, the, the big ones this time Gonzaga coming, uh, to home, keeping it in basketball, but switching to the women's side, we did have news um, over the past week that Aliyah Matharu is in the transfer portal. This was the Longhorns' leading scorer with 12 points per game, played in every game. Uh, again, someone who followed Vic from Mississippi State to Austin, so knew the Vic style. Can't really blame it on that. Maybe just wanted greener pastures or um, to try a different play style, since she pretty much played just for Vic at two different schools. Um, will be a loss though, but Texas has hit the portal hard. Yeah, I mean, Matharu was a, a big hit for Texas, and, and honestly, I was a little shocked when she went in, but um, Vic Schaefer feels like one one out, one in with the portal this year uh, with, with Shaylee Gonzalez coming on campus, and, and you'll add some more uh, of her accolades, but um, 
that's a big Mathar was a big loss for Texas, and, and again, one that I was surprised to see in the portal based on you know the amount of uh, water she carried for Vic Schaefer in that team. Um, but but Schaefer is a guy who's tough to play for, and if you're not, if it's not you, it's not you, and that's okay. That's right. Sometimes it's the second school before you figure it out. But no, we wish uh, Leah Mathar all the best. But th- there is a bit of a tonic. Uh, to that news, and that's, of course, that sharpshooter Shaylee Gonzalez um, is is making her way to Texas. She's the two-time West Coast Conference Player of the Year, uh, last year a second-team All-American at BYU in, in three years. Um, she uh, has two years of eligibility, but has played technically three seasons. I think she got a red shirt uh, her freshman year, but uh, has averaged just under 18 points a game over three seasons, uh, five and a half rebounds, four assists, two steals, just really, truly one of the best players in the country. Um, and also, you know, in addition to being great on the court per open doors, she's currently the eighth most marketable female student athlete in the country. So Texas, you know, on brand getting, getting game changers with starts here changes the world. Um, now the highest, uh, per again, open doors, um, the highest, uh, or most marketable female student, uh, at, at UT. There was no longhorn higher on the list. 84,000 Instagram followers, 130,000 YouTube subscribers. Gerald, we only wish the podcast could do those numbers. Uh, this, this she's, she seems like she's going to be a stellar player who can kind of do it all score from all the levels and, and will be instantly the, the, um, the key, uh, guard to go with Harmon and, uh, and the bigs at Texas. I mean, one, when you drop 18 points a game, then maybe we'll, you'll have 85,000 uh, <laughs> Instagram followers as well. But again, like I said, you know, Texas is like this almost seems like a this is like kind of the equivalent of Sark's roster purge on, on the football side. Like the number of players out, and the number of players that I think it's like the fourth or fifth uh, transfer in fourth trip. Yeah, fourth transfer in um, this offseason. So, like, when you think about how big a basketball roster is, think about the percentage of four four new additions. Uh, again, you can only have five on the court, and there's generally, like, what, ten on the bench? Um, so, like, not a big number of folks, uh, big, a big turnover. It's going to be a very different basketball team this next year. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's almost to the point they could field a starting five uh, just with transfers, joins uh... – Gonzalez joins Oregon State forward Taylor Jones, who herself, remember, averaged, you know, 12 and a half points, seven rebounds. Uh, DePaul guard Sonia Morris, who averaged also just a shade under 18 for her career. The crazy thing with both Sonia Morris leaving DePaul and uh, Shayla Gonzalez leaving BYU is they're both in the top 10 of their school's all-time scorers and uh, and are leaving to join Texas. So there's some some women who know how to put the ball through the hoop. And, and probably the most impressive thing, and I'll leave it at this, is Vic Schaefer did all this after getting three of his assistant coaches promoted to head coaches in the offseason and only replacing one of them with a full-time hire. So he's selling the idea of Texas basketball and what he's building kind of with himself and with the, the, the assistants and the people that the staff that they have, but not with the full coaching staff players are clearly buying into the Vic of it all. Um, so good for him. And uh, it will be very interesting now to see uh, as I think they filled their last open roster spot, that the two new additions will both be coaches. So that will be interesting news in the coming months. Gerald, uh, Mike Antico, our boy, just reached 50 steals uh, this week at Double A Springfield Cardinals. Hasn't been caught stealing at the Double A level this season. 
is Mike Antico the 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 uh, sneaky like fastest uh, Longhorn currently going now that Jamal Charles has retired? Is he the fastest in his sport? Let's exclude track athletes because that's just that's ridiculous. But is Marquise Goodwin still around? I think he is. I think he is. It's either him or Duvernay, probably. But like, I th- think Antico's probably a sneaky three. Gerald, this was news that felt feel good, and I really hope it leads to. A happy ending. Malik Jefferson signed with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, again, I, I like many times when I fire up Madden, I will edit Malik Jefferson to be like an 85 rated linebacker and sign him to my team um, because I want that to be true. I hope Malik can make this one work. Uh, all the promise in the world. Still young enough that he can still carve out a career. And now he's back with the hometown team. All right, Gerald, then let's close this one out. A little bit of Godzilla Tron. What have you been watching on your giant screen since I've last talked to you a couple weeks? It's been a couple weeks, uh, and I went on a on a road trip, so there was quite a bit. Uh, my wife and I finished Stranger Things season four. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I've been uh, on a Metallica binge since then, which is also um, <laughs> part of it. It was just just it, either Stranger Things is for you and it or it isn't, and I really enjoyed it. It's like everything I uh, appreciate. Our our most recent family pizza night movie night was Sing Two. Um, mm. And it was fine. It wasn't as good as the first one. I think mm. um, they tried to do too much, and that always bites you in a sequel. But the music was good. My kids danced. That's really all you watch thing for. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder caught that one. I Again, I enjoyed it. I would have liked it to be like five-ish minutes longer. I think it was short to a fault. They had Christian Bale and didn't use Christian Bale enough, so that's my big gripe there. And then this is like my big one. So uh, when I drive, I'm an audiobook person. I like to just pick an audiobook and uh, I listen to it at like double speed, so like I can kind of get through it in the drive from you know Oklahoma City to, to San Antonio or whatever. Um, but this one was a little bit longer, but it was on a list of of. If you're into fantasy books, but you don't want to like read a whole fantasy series, it's like what it was like the best one book fantasy uh, that you can get into. And it's called The Coward, and I was sold based on the description. and And I feel like this you're gonna like this one, Kyle. So like there was a like in all fantasy stories, there's like the big evil scary villain in the north, and a group goes north to to vanquish this villain. And only one person returns, and he becomes, like, the hero of ages. That's all the prologue to the book. That's, like, the, the pitch of the book. So the actual book is about the the evil starts to return, or they think it starts to return ten years later. And this guy just says, nope, not again. He's got PTSD, and he's done. He doesn't want to do it again. And so the book is about that. It's about him, like, trying to avoid having to do it because it messed him up so bad the first time. And I was like, yep, I'm in. Uh, I'm, like, halfway through the book, and I'm absolutely loving it. Um, it is, like, a darker fantasy, and it's got, um, you know, it's got some swearing. It's got some you know, stu- some some uh, some other content in it that may- maybe not your speed if you're looking for more, like, Tolkien kind of, like, you know um, – that kind of kind of uh, higher fantasy and less kind of gritty stuff, but I'm really enjoying it, and it has been a good read so far. I say read, been a good listen so far, uh, and I would absolutely, uh, if that's your kind of thing, I'd recommend it. I love humanizing these types of things, kind of the stories on the margins uh, from from what you expect, inverting a little bit. That's that sounds that sounds good. Um, I also read uh, that you sing to Thor, Love and Thunder as one thing, um, <laughs> and and I was just intrigued how we were going. So thanks for for selling that out. So I, as as the folks know, I uh, I did have a flight across the pond, and I love I love a uh, an in flight movie. I do. Um, 
I did have an overnight flight. My first one, I think we left Boston at 11 uh, to London. And so it didn't didn't watch as much. But I did catch Austin Powers um, just because I wanted kind of a documentary to put me in the right headspace before going to London. <laughs> uh, and so I watched the original Austin Powers. Um, but on the way back, I watched uh, Big Short, which I had somehow missed. I just never caught. Um, and it's, it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's, it's a classic of the genre, basically talking about the, the housing, um, crisis and the subprime mortgage crisis and, and effectively how, um, all of that went down and how everything happened and our banks failing and too big to fail and all the stuff we all lived through. Um, and also I think the time Gerald and I were coming out of college and, um, the job market we entered. Um, so it was a little bit infuriating to watch. And then, you know, the, 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 um, coda at the end, basically it's, you know, I won't spoil anything if you haven't seen it. It's a few years old, but um, is is you know they they tease that uh, and all the people are now in jail. Blah, 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 and it's said, just kidding. No one no one <laughs> got in any trouble. Everyone was bailed out. We haven't changed. We haven't learned our lesson. It was a sad kind of sombering minute to sit there and be a little bit angry. But then you're like, I am sitting in a plane flying across the ocean. So who am I to say anything? But it was, it was a good film. I really enjoyed it. Actually don't know why I put it off for so long. If you like me have missed it, go check it out. Um, a lot of great actors. Christian Bale is also schlubby in it in a great way. Um, you know, Ryan Reynolds is, is, is charming. There's just a lot of really great, uh, Steve Carell is really, really, uh, captivating in it. You get to see, um, some really just good performances. Um, I finished Pappy Land, which I talked about before, but we finished that on the plane as well. Right. Thompson um, just uh, writes about anything. Well, if you like bourbon, then obviously check this out. It's a really good story about family um, myth making icons kind of dealing with the, the legacy of the South and the new South and trying to take the best parts, but also understand the warts and, and you know, the, the bourbon industry capitalizing on that. Uh, and then finally I went to, the Downton Abbey Castle, but I haven't finished all of Downton Abbey. I think I'm three episodes away, but it, I had seen enough that I understood it. It was a very cool tour. If you ever get to England, I'd, I'd recommend it. Um, very cool place to see. We got to do a private tour, so after everyone left, so it was a little less crowded. I think it does get crowded, so maybe go early if you do. It's a really cool house if you like the show. Um, it's pretty surreal to be there. Beautiful, beautiful grounds, gardens, just this kind of breathtaking piece of English countryside. It is as pretty as you might imagine, but... Uh, three more episodes I think and then we'll be done but I think there's two movies so still have some doubting in me yet uh but yeah there we go debriefed a couple weeks Gerald Whew, feels good there's a lot there's a lot but that's all we've got for you this week Kyle where can the good folks find you on the internet oh you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Carbon you can also follow the Texas pregamer at Texas pregamer you can follow me on Twitter I am at GH Goodridge follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod Facebook and Instagram the Longhorn Republic or shoot us an email LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com thank you so much for tuning in again this week and until next time hook em hook em 2024 SEC from Springer